Hello, nerds. Curtis here from the Nerds and Love podcast. Before our episode starts, I want to mention our sponsor today, Adam and Eve. They are the internet's best place for sexy toys and lingerie. Is that ever in dispute? Now, here's the thing. You know, we don't want you going to a creepy store. You go to the creepy store, you got to go in there. People are looking at you like, why is this guy in here? Why is this girl in here? It's kind of awkward, right? Don't get that with Adam and Eve. They ship the item right to your door. Uh, here's the other thing, too. It's super cheap because when you go to Adam and Eve and you get your sex swing or your lingerie or whatever you may want, here's the thing. After you spend $59, you get free shipping. After you spend $17, you get a free gift. That's pretty awesome. And then here's the thing. That first item you put in your cart, when you enter the doors to check out, you get 25% off that. That's incredible. That's awesome value. And it gets you things that you're going to use in your sexy times with whoever your significant other or fling of the week is. So remember, guys, go to adamandeve.com today. Check them out. Buy something cool. and get sexy. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong. You're cute, too. But Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body, and I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth out. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies wait 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 don't leave don't leave please i could use your help take this quarter go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face good day to you madam have you been single for far too long are you out of touch with the dating game regardless of your plight we're here to help Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. Good, good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's cloudy today in Vancouver, which is... Probably a good thing. It's been a very dry May, so it's kind of nice to have a little bit of cloud and moisture a little bit. Kind of keep things pretty even, I guess. Um, and uh, and uh, also with me, sorry, is uh, Kim. And Kim, you've got some new uh, qualifications. Yes, I do. If you want um, I am now some. required by my board to introduce myself as Kim Hall, MA, EDS, resident in counseling, because I graduated, which is cool. Yay. <laughs> um yeah um well it's great to have both you uh with us uh, once again and uh as a, a quick reminder uh while uh you know we love answering your emails this is not a substitute for professional mental health and if you are in crisis you should seek professional help there's always links in every article that we post for nerds and love so if you do need to uh, find some help there is some links there for you guys all right let's uh go on to the emails here first is from kathy uh, nerds, the more I try to date, the more becoming a nun looks very attractive. Last week, the guy wanted to hook up. Yeah, I canceled as soon as he said that. Then this week, I get ghosted after the date is planned. If he doesn't have the maturity to say no, I'm not interested, and instead just ghosts me and sets me up to be stood up, and he's 37. That's immaturity, which I do not want in a relationship. Maybe my mom has a point that I do uh, need to get down to 130 to get a quality guy, let the body work continue. And Kathy, Kathy. first, uh, this has nothing to do with your weight. Uh, confidence is what really matters. It does not matter how much you weigh. Uh, it's only if you feel like you need to lose weight. I wouldn't go by any societal standard that you have to lower your weight. And also 130 pounds looks different in different people. Um, if you're muscular, your number, uh, your weight number is gonna go up um, because muscle weighs more than fat, takes up less space. So I wouldn't go anywhere near uh, evaluating yourself by a, a weight, by a number. Um, if you are interested and uh, maybe you feel like you need to get more fit, you look at body fat percentage instead of your actual weight because weight can lie a lot about you. And there's no magic 130, all of a sudden you're gonna have a happy life. And when I work with people that say, well, I get to this weight, I'm gonna have a good life. No, the time to have a good life is now. 
so uh, you know, the weight, again, it's more to do with confidence. And, and nothing really says that you have to date either. Maybe it's time to take a little break, too, if you just feel like this is just not something you want to do. And we've mentioned before, maybe get involved in something like with, with Meetup and meet people that, not on a date type level, but you know, just to get to know other people on a friendship level. Uh, and again, you know, I, I would say, you know, again, that that idea of you have to get down to a certain weight is completely bogus and uh, really is not very healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Stephanie's advice is good about perhaps taking a, a break from dating if you're feeling kind of fed up and um, frustrated or bitter about it right now. There's nothing that says you have to keep trying if you feel like you need a break. Um, meeting people in person is another great way to try and find people who see you as a person and not just kind of like this entity or concept on the internet that they don't feel like they have to treat very well which is kind of shameful but that is something that um that people do i also wonder if um it would be helpful for you to find another way of talking with your mother about this it sounds like your mother's input on your dating life is maybe contributing to you feeling frustrated like it sounds like there's her voice in your head saying that you need to have a different body shape and that you're not going to find a quality guy unless something about you is different which it doesn't sound like is helping you very much so um if this is something if this element of your relationship with your mother is bringing you down maybe there's a way that you can get out of having this conversation um maybe there's a way that you can gently shut her down or affirm that you are not interested in hearing her comments about her about your body um, but that's not the that's not the question that you asked. It, it might be something worth exploring. Yeah, and I think part of this is too is you know at the end of the day, you know it, it's great to want to look for a relationship with another person, but at the end of the day, the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important one. And uh, you know, Steph kind of touched on this where it is about confidence and it is about you know, loving yourself first before I think you get to, you know, looking for somebody else to love. And I think if you're not 100% confident in who you are, then that will show. And, you know, some people may take advantage of that. Some people may, you know, react in other ways that are not exactly healthy or uh, good overall. So I think, you know, whatever you want to do with your life in terms of losing weight or, you know, whatever else, you got to ultimately learn to be confident and love yourself first and put yourself first. Um, you know, listening to your mom is fine, but again, this is what one person is telling you. You have to ultimately love yourself and put yourself first. And I think, you know, that should be your ultimate goal. And I mean, you know, you actually kind of end on a bit of a, a positive note, at least in my opinion, where you say, let the body work continue. You seem at least self-conscious that, you know, this is something that you want to do at least to get to your point where you're comfortable with yourself, confident and ready to put yourself out there. Uh, I'm not saying that that's 100% what you want and you should evaluate whether that's something you want to actually do. But if that is the case, then by all means, you know, yeah, you know, get get to committed to a plan, do whatever you need to do. But at the end of the day, your ultimate goal shouldn't be to get out and to be part of the dating pool. It shouldn't be to appease other people. It should be about, you know, getting you to the point where you're confident and loving of yourself. And that's that fake it till you make it idea that, you know, act mm -hmm. like you are the way you want to be, you know, and that confidence mm -hmm. is very attractive to people. I think later on in the podcast, we'll have someone else ask us what's, you know, I, I think something about attractiveness and you know, it really is. It's, it's about how you carry yourself. It's having a good sense of mm -hmm. self. It's uh, having good boundaries. It's attractive, um, you know, taking care of yourself and that, that has nothing to do with weight. Um, so it, it, again, project confidence, project confidence, like, Hey, I'm great. And, and I like myself and that goes a lot further than any way that someone could look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, that goes for other things too. I mean, there are people who can be underweight who might want to gain weight to get to that point. There may be people who don't get out and go do things and it's not an actual physical thing, but maybe they just don't get out much and go do things. So how we all get to that point is very subjective and ultimately relative to who we are as people. So, you know, it's kind of hard to say, well, this is what you need to do to get confident because it's changing with each and every person. But I mean, ultimately you'll kind of know what your own, path to confidence and loving yourself is so that that's kind of it but i think you kind of touched on it enough that i think 
you know, you seem to at least know, Kathy, what you need to do to get to that point. And I think that's a good sign. I think it's just really about, you know, maybe seeing what else you need to do. But don't worry about what other people say, what other people think. It's ultimately about what you need to do and what you want to do to get And to even that. if it's your mom, because I understand, you know, your, what your mom tells you is a lot more weight than what other people tell you. But again, someone telling you that you have to be a certain number of weight is that's really erroneous. And I really don't want you falling into that trap that you have to be a certain number because that really is not something that we go by anymore is, is body weight again. It's actual body fat percentage. And that's what matters. So that idea again, that you have to be a certain number, just throw that out the window. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and again, that's subjective, right? You know, um, you know, based on my weight, you know, if I told somebody a number, they might say that I'm overweight, but the thing is, is a lot of right. muscle, right? So you can't quite always say, hey, this number equates to being overweight or blah, 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 blah. It really depends on what you're, you know, doing with that weight. And, you know, it might be worth actually talking to a dietitian, a personal trainer to kind of evaluate, you know, at least health-wise what you would need to do for and that. And your doctor, too. Um, I think we've you know, got a, and, and I'll yeah, throw that out, too. That body mass index too. is really off because if you're muscular, you'll actually show up even being overweight. Um, so I wouldn't even go by a BMI. That's why I always say go by body fat percentage because a lot of the measurements they use to see if you're overweight or not really do not hold when you have muscle on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, the the weight as in like the the weight that you see is is probably one of the oddest things to actually determine your health, health mm -hmm. based off of. I mean, in a certain sense, yes. I mean, if you're extremely overweight or extremely underweight, that number will be indicative. But I mean, at a certain point, it is kind of a gray area where it doesn't quite mean, mm -hmm. you know, one thing or another. And so. regardless of what your actual health and weight is, um, that is not the one thing that is going to magically make people who are going to treat you like garbage anyway, stop treating you like garbage. If it wasn't going to be your weight that they would ghost you on, or if it wasn't going to be, you know, if it wasn't going to be um, I don't know, just like intending to hook up or treating you like something less than the way you wanted to be treated like there's nothing that you can change about yourself that's going to make people stop treating you that way um i think that mm -hmm. if you are kind of buying into the idea that you don't deserve anything other than people who treat you like garbage then that kind of it's it can it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy like if you feel like you only deserve people who are not kind to you then you'll end up around people who are not being kind to you and so it goes back to the thing that kurt was saying about having the kind of loving relationship with yourself that does draw people to you who are interested in that version of yourself, that version of yourself that is worthy of love and worthy of being treated well. And it starts with you. And also we've talked about too, the nature of online dating is that people go ahead and just take a first glance at someone and then move on if the chemistry doesn't happen. Um, and again, I think later on, we have a question like that, this podcast, but uh, and that's just the nature of online dating, unfortunately. So again, there's nothing wrong with, with taking a break and finding other ways to meet people. Uh, because again, that's unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast with online dating. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Uh, Steph, did you want to read Kyle's? Sure, I have, skipped, uh, I have Ronnie. Ronnie. Can I, should I read Ronnie? Is oh, that, Ronnie's, okay. yes. Oh, that's yeah, okay. Sorry. So nerds, I go to weekly potlucks with my friends. And at one, I met this girl who I have since seen at the parties and I've texted. She refers to our time together as hanging out, which I do feel attracted to her to, to constitute something more. She invited me to a friend's wedding as a date. She keeps saying, it'll be so funny. People will think we're a thing. Thing is, I'm into her and I'm figured that I'll take this seriously and put forth a solid effort to impress her. I'm thinking the most obvious thing is to ask her to dance and see what happens, but anything else I can do, Ronnie. Well, Ronnie, it sounds like she's interested. She asked you on a date to a wedding, so that's a really good sign. Um, you know, she's probably gonna give you hints uh, during the, the date um, if she's interested. Uh, and maybe, again, her way of just saying, uh, you know, kind of joking with you, hey, maybe we'll be a thing. And it may be her way of kind of getting into the conversation that she's interested. So, um, you know, I would just say if you want to do anything other than ask her dance, I would just say make sure that you ask her questions about herself. If this is um, somebody that you've recently started dating, um, I, I don't know if you want to bring her a gift uh, to the date, like maybe bring her some flowers or something. Uh, if you want concrete ideas of what else you can do. Um, and then you can even maybe be um, open and just say, hey, you know, I'm really interested in seeing where this goes. Um, so again, you know, like we talked about being open and, uh, and honest with your communication. Uh, so, uh, and then also just to kind of practice your manners. 
Um, and because sometimes when people get into a large social situation, they get, feel a lot of pressure and sometimes they kind of have some anxiety about that. So if you feel like you need to kind of brush up on your manners, there's a lot of videos on YouTube on how to do that. Um, so it sounds like uh, she's interested. So good luck to you. And I hope you enjoy your date. I think the most important thing that you mentioned there is being upfront and honest about what you're feeling going into it. Um, because it does sound like to my ears, it sounds like she might be dropping hints like, oh, what if people thought we were a thing? That would be so funny, right? Please, please, please ask me to be a thing. Please ask. Um, but that's, that's just like, that's just how it sounds to my ears, right? I, I don't know what's in her head. And I think that the most important thing for you to be would be like asking, hey, just so you know, I, I actually like you a lot and I would like this to be the, a date. Is this something that you're interested in? Um, and seeing what her answer is and proceeding from there. Um, I think that being direct in that way is likely to be even more productive than asking her to dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's really two ways that you could tackle this. Um, the one that I kind of see that you could potentially do is you could just, yeah, outright tell her, hey, I'm interested in you, uh, you know, and kind of ask her where she stands. Another way too is you could just kind of put out a bit of an intimacy test, which is where, you know, maybe some light physical contact, uh, you know, nothing major. And I think when we hear the word intimacy, it's, it's always kind of, a lot of people will go directly to like something sexual or something, uh, you know, along that line. But intimacy can be any number of things and it can also just be, you know, some light touching, uh, something that is not overly aggressive and is not going to, uh, you know, maybe put that person in too awkward of a situation if they don't want to uh, kind of reciprocate the feelings, they can't let you know. But it is a very easy test to find out, is this person into you? So, uh, Ronnie, you might want to maybe just try the intimacy test. And I think this sounds a bit more of your style because you say you dancing. Dancing is kind of an intimacy test because you do have to be, you know, obviously touching each other, dancing. It is a bit of an intimacy test, but I think kind of going above that and also trying some other things too to establish where you two are at. Um, and it's hard to say because, you know, she says, oh, uh, it'll be so funny. People will think we're a thing. It's hard to say, is she hinting or maybe she is kind of just, maybe she's blissfully unaware of your feelings. Who knows? But I think kind of putting that little intimacy test out there would be a great way of telling where she stands and it's not as maybe direct as saying hey are you into me uh it's a little bit more kind of subtle a little bit more natural perhaps so maybe that might be your style at least from what it sounds like in your email that might be more what you're looking to for at least and also too you're seeing about... her in a social situation so i would say you know take a look at whether you're still interested in her too um i think sometimes we focus too much on whether the other person will like us or or if they're into us when we really need to take a look at how do we feel about this person um, the way she is at the wedding um is this someone that you do want to spend more time with I me mean, i think that's just as important as to evaluate is this someone that's right for me should we talk a little mm -hmm. bit about yeah. just like for listeners in general like what a positive result on an intimacy test might look like like what people are supposed to be looking for i think you know it when you see it um i, I mean you know, if you try to put yeah, your arm around I mean, somebody and then they then they scoot over i think that's a pretty big tip off but it's leaning yeah, in. Like I think Ari uh, had a really good, I think, description of this a couple podcasts ago, uh, where you talked about what the signals mm -hmm. are if someone's into you. And that's actually one of the questions further down the list today. But um, you know, leaning in when somebody's talking to you, um, putting your head on their shoulder, um, you know, you try to hold their hand and they reciprocate. You know, there's there's like a little dance there where there's kind of a little bit of, of give on both sides. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to describe except when when you know it, you know it. And what about some negative mm -hmm. signs, like signs that people don't scooching actually away. want to be touched? Yeah, scooching away, um, freezing up. Don't touch me, I think is a good one. Saying yeah. don't touch me. Yeah, like if somebody puts their hands right. up, obviously, that's a very, like, <laughs> like don't touch please me. Please don't, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you also just kind of want to look f if if somebody's kind of embracing that and you know say you put like th your hand on their knee or something like that which is kind of a very innocent enough it's not overly aggressive thing and they kind of maybe lean into you or put their hand on you then obviously that's reciprocating if they back away move away you know maybe in some extreme cases they may say hey please don't touch me that would be a very clear indicator like hey this is not mm -hmm. welcome they have established a boundary and you should mm -hmm. respect that 
Um, and if you're not sure, again, I think it's totally okay to go, hey, is it okay if I'm doing this? Because uh, also look for facial expression too. Uh, if someone gives a facial expression where it's just discomfort, and we all know what that kind of looks like, it, it looks just kind of like a little wincing maybe. Mm -hmm. um, just say, you know, is it okay that I got my, my arm around your shoulder? Because I don't know, they may be thinking about their ex or something. I don't know. So you know, just be honest and ask yeah. if you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Well, you'll have to let us know how it goes. Yeah, good Ryan. luck. But uh, you're set up for success, I hope. All right. Uh, Kim, did you want to read Kyle's sure. Nerds, I had put on weight within the last couple of years. Not a lot, but maybe just gone up a couple of sizes. I'm in the process of losing it. Already lost a lot and feeling a lot more confident within myself. Not at my goal yet, but excited to keep working towards it. Anyway, I'm not dating at the moment, but I'm intrigued. Does changing your appearance impact your dating life at all? Kyle. Um, this is a question I don't have any personal experience with. I don't. I have not changed appearance significantly since I was in eighth grade and suddenly got six inches taller in a year. Um, do you guys have any experience with um, that? I, I would just say that not, not so much experience, but your confidence has nothing to do with your weight. You can be confident at whatever weight you are. Uh, and I think that's a thing that's kind of, I think it's a societal thing that we're told that, oh, well, you'll be happy when you're certain weight, like like we talked about uh, with Kathy. Uh, but again, you know, you can be confident without even losing a pound. So keep that in mind. Again, that fake it till you make it. Because um, I, I guess my concern is when you're saying you're in the process of losing it and you're feeling a lot more confident, which means that you're tying your confidence to your weight. And again, I would start acting confident as if you are the weight you are. And it, you'll notice that you change your interactions. And again, weight is maybe not what you should be focusing on as much as making sure that you feel okay with yourself the way you are. I mean, it sounds like mm -hmm. Kyle's very proud of the work that they've been doing on losing their weight. Like if the weight loss has been a goal for them and they're feeling accomplished about that, maybe not so much the idea of fitting into society's image of what an attractive and confident person should be but just feeling good about the work they're doing oh yeah i mean that's no it's not taken away from yeah. kyle at all no that's great he did that that's not that's not where i'm going with this. no that's great that kyle did that because it takes a lot of work i'm just saying that kyle when he says that he lost a lot of feeling more confident that's great but also make sure that you don't base your confidence just on on your weight because people naturally fluctuate in their weight and there are some days you don't feel like going to the gym and some days that you do and when people tie their confidence into their weight, if they don't go to the gym a day, they're like, oh, I just don't feel as good about myself. And that's what you don't want to get into. But no, that's not mm -hmm. taking away from Kyle's accomplishments at all. Sure. I think that you may, you may just find that different people are attracted to you at different sizes just because of the way that, of just because of like what people are attracted to. But confidence is always attractive. Confidence is attractive across the board. Um, and like we were talking about before with like being happy with yourself and loving yourself and the skin you're in, that is something that is appealing to all different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it is just a, you know, personal goal as to, you know, what you want to be at, uh, in asking, you know, does appearance impact your dating life at all? Well, yes and no. I mean, again, it, it's all about your confidence and where you're at in life. And I mean, maybe perhaps your appearance changes slightly and you're nonetheless still confident with yourself and where you're at in life. And it doesn't matter at all. Uh, some people can gain weight or lose weight and it affects them uh, and their, their confidence. So it changes from person to person. So this is not really something Kyle that really is kind of intrinsic to, you know, everyone as a whole it is more so based on individual comfort levels and individual confidence levels and so i do think that you know maybe for you you know maybe you're at a point where you're starting to feel more confident with yourself uh and if that's the case then by all means you know feel free to you know start putting yourself out there uh, if you feel like you personally want to put in a little bit more work then that's your prerogative too it is a personal call uh and even you know you can email us and ask but you know again that's kind of personal to each and every person 
you know, I, you know, I've been at a point where I say, you know, I maybe want to work on myself a little bit more and self-improve. But then again, I'm the kind of guy who loves watching shows like Queer Eye and reading self-help books. So I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with stuff like that myself. So that's, you know, it's to each his own at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's just, I, I don't want you to kind of stop or not go out with someone just because you feel like you're not at your goal weight yet or goal fitness yet um that's the only thing i'd watch out for i go ahead and do all the stuff you want to do if, if you wait until um like i said before you know patients say well when i'm at this weight i'll be happy you know they'll notice that that they don't become happier when they get to be that weight so start doing that stuff now instead of saying when i get to this point um it may not be your ideal weight mm -hmm. uh but that's okay again you know it's more confidence as we've all said uh, several times now uh, so again don't pin your uh involvement in things on your weight Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that there's one thing that actually a lot of people who are working on losing weight will do, which is to mention their starting weight and their current weight and their goal weight. And that's a great way of indicating to somebody where you started, where you're at and where you want to go. So laying that out for somebody will show them in a very, you know, data centric sense hey this is where you are this is where you're working towards and you know if you have lost uh weight you know and you know it's something that you're working on feel free to put that out there i mean feel free to let people know like hey this is where i'm at this is what i'm working towards because in a in a lot of ways too it's great because you then let that person know hey i do have goals and i am striving towards this i'm not there yet but hey this is how far i've made it there's nothing wrong with putting that out there and at least letting somebody know right because it's an important part of kyle's life and i think that's a good thing to share with people because mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of times on personal training forums and whatnot people will have that as their signatures they'll just put the, their weights and whatnot and it's a great way of sort of just briefly kind of summarizing where you're at and where you're going Again, it's just a, you know, a good way of sort of indicating your progress. And I think a lot of people will see that. And even if you are still overweight, and maybe you're not at that point, at least they can see, hey, progress is being made. And you don't want to go out with someone that just goes out of you solely on how much you weigh either. So, you know, that's why the confidence thing is important yeah. because relationships that start just based on looks tend to flame out pretty quickly. So keep that in mind too, that you don't want to be mm -hmm. with someone just because you weigh a certain amount. So, you know, go out and have fun now. That's true. All right. Next email is from Rob. Nerds, how do you discern between romantic interest and simply being nice or kind? I'm having a hard time discerning between the two. Rob. Well, Rob, this, it's the same things we just talked about with Kyle or, or who was it? The one person that was going on the date was that Ronnie. Okay. So, you know, uh, what's the difference between being nice and being romantic interest? Again, it's leaning in when you're talking to someone. Um, it's doing brushing touches. I mean, if you want to get really concrete about it, um, it's wanting to spend more time with someone. It's, uh, it's you know, a whole bunch of things that kind of come together to show that you have interest. Um, and again, you kind of know it when you see it. And, and again, if it's something that you're not really sure, someone's just being nice or they have romantic interest, you know, maybe just say, you know, hey, I've, I've been feeling, you know, these different feelings about you. And I'm wondering if that's something that you may also feel. Um, the worst thing they can say is, you know, um, I'm not interested. And then you got your answer and you can move on. Uh, if they say, yeah, I'm interested too, then good for you. So uh, again, uh, it's, it, people can be really nice. Romantic interest to me has more of the, the physical closeness to it. Uh, you know, people sitting closer to you, um, you know, it's, it's a more intimate style of talking to each other too. Like you're really looking at somebody when you're talking to them instead of just normal friendship, you know, chatting. Um, so there's a lot of different physical cues that you can see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Physical cues, like being like leaning in and initiating touch or like just initiating any kind of social contact that can be a sign that people are interested in you. Um, a lot of the time the role context that you might be in can be some clues like when you are going to a coffee shop and your barista smiles at you and is uh polite and kind and courteous when they're getting your order it's because that's their job not necessarily because they are having feelings for you um and so that can be a way to sort of have some skepticism about how people might be feeling um is looking for those contextual clues like people who are there to work for you, people who are there to work alongside you, like coworkers. Um, there are standards of being courteous and decent um, that may 
be just kind of like that that's the default that's not necessarily a special indicator of a special feeling um uh, other things like um trying oh, to I see that baristas can be nice school, too like it, yeah so. of course they can they can be nice not because it's just their job but just because right. it's, they're nice but it is kind of a a clue that you know it might not be that they really really like you because they are nice to you in the shop because they might just be a kind person but also their job kind of depends on being nice to people who come into the shop um yeah it's always good to kind of take context like that mm -hmm. into account we get that a lot where people will say oh the barista or the waitress was being nice to me and it you know you it's always like well you do want to at least determine hey what might be the context for this is it because they might be interested in you or it might it just be that yeah they're maybe perhaps just doing good service for a tip or something mm -hmm. else so yeah it's always good to keep that mm -hmm. into account and i think it never hurts to talk about it if you are feeling some kind of way toward them if you are feeling like interested in them it never hurts to just say that you'd like to take them out sometime and see what their response is and always being respectful of their response and um, I think that you do a good job of recognizing that it can be difficult to tell the difference between these things and that it's not necessarily um, like people trying to deliberately deceive you. You sometimes see people being upset, feeling like they've been led on because people were being nice to them um, and they mistook it for romantic interest, but it doesn't sound like you have that problem, so good on you. Um, it can be a little difficult to tell when you, like, if you have not a lot of experience in that respect, so... Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing that you're asking about it. I think it's a good thing to ask about it and use words if you're not sure about body language or other cues. And I think on the other side of it too, if you're a nice person and you're concerned that people are going to think you're hitting on them, just go ahead and just be a nice person. Um, you know, and if someone says, "Hey, they're interested," in you can just turn them down. But um, by no means do you have to constantly monitor what you're doing to make sure that uh, that you are afraid that people are going to think that you're hitting on them. Um, a lot of that's, you know, their interpretation. So I just want to throw that out there because I have worked with people that, you know, they're wondering, they're like, I'm a nice person, but every, you know, these guys keep thinking I'm hitting on them and I'm just being nice. Uh, and again, you know, there's nothing wrong with being nice and just continue to do that. That's, it's not up to you how that's going to be interpreted. Mm -hmm. The other thing too, to keep in mind is that, you know, when you're in these situations, you know, you are going to be faced with rejection, uh, as well as acceptance as well. And I think understanding that, you know, you may uh, get some rejection and learning how to properly sort of manage expectations and uh, manage rejection is a great to, tool as well because a lot of people don't do that. And, you know, they'll kind of get into the situation of asking somebody out and not take it well. So it, it's always good to maybe even just practice like going through situations and how will you respond if somebody perhaps does uh, say, no, I'm not interested. You do got, want to be prepared for that as well. Um, but you know, you say you have a hard time discerning between romantic interest and simply being nice or kind. I think it is good to, yeah, uh, ask for clarity, ask for clarification, put out some tests like ask somebody or an intimacy test if, if that's possible. I mean, obviously when you're at a coffee shop, it may be a little awkward if you, you know, go behind the counter to, you know, go hug somebody or something. But, uh, you know, there's different ways to determine, you know, if somebody's interested in you. But again, also be prepared that you may be rejected. And I think that's probably your first step is to maybe perhaps work on that and then just, you know, work on clarity, work on, you know, finding out where you stand with that person. But ultimately, yeah, make sure that you're prepared that things might not, go the way that you're perhaps prepared for. And we've talked to you about doing role plays. You know, have a trusted friend or family member where you can run through scripts of how you're going to ask somebody out or tell someone that you're interested. I think practicing that stuff makes it much easier when you go out into the real world uh, and you're confronted with those situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, step, did you want to read sure. Isaac's email? Nerds, I've gone a few dates with different women from online dating apps, and I think my profile and pics are as good as I'm getting dates and matches from them and can clearly say they're interested while they're messaging. However, it seems that once the first date occurs, the women lose interest. I've been told that there's... Oh, I just saw your name across there. <laughs> I couldn't see the words. There you go. Oh, I've been told that there's no chemistry, attraction, or connection. What's this all supposed to mean, Isaac? Isaac, again, this is the nature, like we were talking about before, this is the email I was referring to, uh, 
with our first question is that this is just the nature of online dating. Um, there, it's a lot, I would say, speedier than, than dating in the past that people have such a large number of people to choose from that they will go just by first impressions, which is really too bad because, um, yeah, you should go with that gut feeling, definitely. But sometimes chemistry takes a little bit to build. Uh, and if you're feeling really bold, you can maybe just ask and just say, hey, so I was just wondering, was it um, just something we just didn't click? Because that happens. Um, I think that would be a really bold move on your part, and it's a good way to learn. Or they may say, I like the way you used a toothpick or whatever it is. So uh, just be just be aware that 99.9% that .9 of the time it's not personal. It may be, again, that someone got together with their old boyfriend or girlfriend, or it may just be that they don't like people with freckles. I don't know. As a freckled person, I can say that. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's just, it, it, that's the nature of online dating. And again, if that gets to be too much, you can always take a break and meet people other ways and then come back to online dating if you want to. It's just, that's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. I think it's also. I think those are good things to keep in mind. Um, I also think that the role play idea is a really good one here as well. Um, you may want to run by some of your trusted female relatives or friends, just like how your conversations on first dates are going, um, and seeing like, are you, is is there anything about the way that these first dates are happening that could be improved upon? Um, I know that a lot of the time it is just not anything personal at all. It's nothing that you're doing. It could be that just someone's reconnecting with an ex or somebody is just more interested in seeing if there's anything better out there. And like the plethora of choices we have available because of online dating really contributes to that. Um, but if you are worried at all about like the caliber of your dates, or if you feel like after your dates that um, things can be improved, it can be worth talking with um, some of the women in your life about um, how your end of the dates are going. I just want to clarify. So when um, what Kim said about seeing if there's something better out there, what what that means is that uh, they're look Isaac that they're looking for someone that's maybe a better fit for them, not better out there than you. So I just want to clarify right. for that that it, it's it has to do with individual because that can be interpreted different ways. So um, well, and again right. again that's not personal either. It's just maybe somebody just you know likes people whose name starts with letter J or something. I don't know. And and sometimes people just, you, know, you don't want to go out with them anyway. So sometimes you kind of dodge a bullet with some people too. So, and you know, you have to meet a lot of people to find the one you click with. And again, you might want to take a break from online dating for a little bit uh, and see if you can meet people other ways. Mm -hmm. Right. When we say that people are trying to yeah. find something better out there, it's not that they're trying to find like the objective best person out there. People don't get ranked like that. There's no one better person out there than you. Um, it's just people looking for a better fit for themselves. Mm -hmm. And the thing to keep in mind too is that whenever somebody says there's no chemistry, attraction, or connection, I mean, that's very broad. That can mean any number of things. And, you know, for each person, that may mean something different. It doesn't, for every one person, mean the same thing. I mean, yes, you can maybe get uh, advice from people in terms of determining what might be some common elements that might be there uh i also think too if you can ask for some feedback from these dates um i mean let asking them hey you know what is it that maybe perhaps caused you to not feel any kind of chemistry or attraction uh not everyone will give you that but you know some people will be willing to give you some feedback on that uh it's also good to make sure that you're being respectful of any feedback that you receive um also keep in mind too that you know everyone's going to have different expectations i think it was ari when he was on said that dating is uh something about expectations right i would really recommend that people go back and listen to the two podcasts he's been on because he had some really yeah. good information about expectations versus reality uh and also uh, you know again mm -hmm. being kind to yourself but also wanting to learn from this process as well and asking questions and there's no dumb questions because you learn a lot from when people tell you why things didn't work out. And again, you find out that a lot of it was not personal at all. Exactly. And so I think, you know, to kind of piggyback on Ari's great advice, which again, he does give great advice. You should listen to the two episodes he's been on. We hope to have him on again. Uh, you know, maybe perhaps work on setting a different expectation uh, you know, it could be that, you know, the expectation that you're setting is a little bit higher than the actual reality of the situation. And you can't really change how things actually are. 
but you can change the expectations. And I'm maybe suspecting that maybe you're setting higher expectations in your profile that you can actually meet. So maybe it is better to maybe go and look at what kind of expectations are you setting versus what you're actually putting forth when you go to meet these people. If it's not exactly a one-to-one or or relatively close, then yeah, people are gonna kind of maybe be put off. Um, and I think with online dating, there's a very good temptation to do that because some people will put forth, you know, who they are and not get many responses. And there's this encouragement in the online dating space to maybe spruce up your profile or change things to be more attractive to others, but it's not really who you are. So I think maybe working on that and maybe kind of consolidating that version of you that you're putting out with the version that you actually are and kind of consolidating that would go a long way to maybe perhaps reducing on that. Mm hmm. Like making sure when you're talking with your people who you're trying to get feedback on your dates on that you're coming across as being genuine and like the self that you bring on dates is the self that you're putting on your profile so that people aren't feeling like they're being bait and switched. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, that's unfortunately the case. Um, again, it is something that is put out there. Uh, you'll always see articles, how to get a better profile and get better responses, but that's not you. That's, you know, somebody has come up with some fictitious profile, something that really may not be you to, you know, yes, maybe be more effective, but it may be effective at getting you dates, but those dates might not be effective because you're setting a wrong expectation. So, mm -hmm. um, do, 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 do. all right. Uh, Steph, did you, yeah. Know I, I, uh, okay. So Kim, did you want to read Patrick's sure. email? Nerds, I met a girl on Tinder who wants to eventually get surgery to become a man. Problem is, she's really hot, and I want to, at the very least, have one time with her before she becomes a dude. I asked her, and she sounded repulsed by the idea, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Should I give up on this or try again? Patrick. Patrick, what tells you that you should try again? I got really confused about this, Patrick, because it sounds like she's told you very clearly... Um, for whatever reason she was on Tinder doesn't matter uh, because she is repulsed by it. Um, should you try again? I would I would say an emphatic no to that. Um, I'm not really sure what, yeah. and I would take a look at what tells you that you should not give up on it. Because uh, it's very clear to me, regardless of what was said or was on her Tinder profile, that she is not interested. And so it's time to let it go. And again, I would take a look at why you may not have received those very clear signals that she was not interested. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I want to make a couple of points about like the language that Patrick is using with this. And I understand that this is something that not most people or many people are not very familiar with. And so I don't want to come at this like to, to come down too harshly on, on Patrick necessarily, but these are some of the things that you might want to look out for and keep in mind um, when you are in the dating sphere and you meet a trans person that you're interested in. Um, you say that you met a girl on Tinder who eventually wants to get surgery to become a man. Um, you use, I mean, you say girl, um, you don't say whether or not this person has identified in their profile that their preferred pronouns are she at this time or whether they identify as a girl. But wait, um, I'm gonna stop they... you for a second because it sounds like to me if you met her on Tinder, it's probably pretty clear that she's going on, on Tinder as a girl, uh, would be my understanding, can, no, I right? I or... don't think we can assume that. I don't think that we can assume that. I No, I, I don't get that from this at all. Um, you can go on Tinder yeah, as a trans I mean... person and you can look like someone, you, you can look like someone who is who is who is cisgender who's identifying with their biological sex but you can put in your you can look like a girl and put in your profile that your preferred pronouns are him her his him his he and people need to be able to respect that and if someone right, so is going through exp your appearance explain what the pronoun has to do with this patrick's issue with not being able to know what no is what what is the i mean tell me a little bit about the the pronoun and how that relates to this because that's the you part where i'm kind of losing you at so on the head that the biggest part like the answer to patrick's question is definitely that he should not try and pursue somebody who has already rejected him that's badgering that's harassment and we shouldn't encourage that i am also saying that 
sort of the language that Patrick is using kind of, it sounds like he doesn't know a lot about interacting with trans people on online dating. And so um, like if, if he is identifying someone with their biological sex when they've said that they don't want to do it that way, I'm not saying that that's what this person did on their Tinder profile. I don't know how they on their Tinder profile, but if they're saying that they'd like to transition surgically to be the gender that they that they identify with, I think it's not a far cry to start talking about sort of the etiquette of talking with people who are trans and respecting them appropriately. Yeah, and I guess too, I mean, it is kind of hard to know how they identified on their profile. That is kind of the big missing information here. I mean, and ultimately it is up to that person on how they want to identify themselves on Tinder. I mean, you know, it, 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 I, it's kind of in this area where, I mean, if they are a female who ultimately wants to get uh, surgery to become a man, you know, I could also see why maybe they would just put, you know, female in their profile. Uh, but at the same time too, it, it might, you know, it is kind of a bit of an awkward place, but it's, it's hard to know without knowing like how did this person actually identify themselves on their profile mm -hmm. i and that's kind of something we would probably need we to probably know. would need to know that in order to give you a definitive answer on how to treat this person but i would say that the it, it is important to try and find out like what pronouns people are trying to use and respect those pronouns like don't just go by how they appear on their picture by assuming what their gender is um, respect could you look on their profile and see what they use and then I'm assuming that based on what words they use in their profile you would know right yeah because that's what I'm kind of maybe going I mean, off of this he probably would have gone right, from the profile right. itself and that's, that's I, where I was coming from it's like well it's kind of you know the way that they present themselves I'm assuming that that's the pronouns they want to use so they've obviously yeah. been talking to the point where he understands that sh that this person is interested in transitioning surgically to become male right and so from that maybe i'm maybe i'm overreaching by inferring that perhaps this person could be trans um and saying that this person perhaps already identifies as male and is just looking to have a surgery to really alleviate their gender dysphoria and become um and become biologically male so I, you know, I don't know how this person chose to write their profile. I don't know what their preferred pronouns are. I do think that it's important to note for all our listeners that it's important to find out what those are and respect them. It could be information that's in their profile. It could be information that comes out while you're talking to them later and finding out that they're interested in medically transitioning. Um, but whatever pronouns they're using, you should use those when you're describing them. And if they're saying that they are a, they identify as male and are hoping to transition to become more physically male, then it's not appropriate to say that they're a girl looking to become a dude and not appropriate to keep calling them she, unless that's their preferred pronouns, which again, you would find out from speaking with them. I think we're kind of getting away from the larger issue, which is that he's not understanding when she said no, uh, which is the biggest issue. Yeah. That's that's the main issue is that, um, you know, she sounded repulsed by it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Should I give her a try again? That's the bigger issue, regardless of what gender you are, Mm -hmm. uh, or whatever Patrick is interested or not interested in, the fact is that she gave a very clear answer to him that she, you know, she sounded repulsed. So why is Patrick feeling like he should try again? I think that's the much bigger issue. Because I when agree. someone says no to you, yeah. then you know, Patrick, you need to, you need to let it go. Um, I, you know, I am not disagreeing with this at all. I don't think that we should, I, I don't think, think anyone yeah. should be encouraged to disregard anyone else's no. Like definitely Patrick should not be pursuing this person. What I'm trying to do is give some context as to why this person might've been so repulsed by being treated this way. Well, I think it's kind of yeah, obvious think, that why they're repulsed, but go, go ahead, Curtis. I was gonna say, I think, I don't necessarily blame Patrick here too, because a lot of times too with these online dating profiles they do deal with very binary terms and they're not always the most fluid in terms of understanding gender mm -hmm. and gender identity in the way that it actually right. is and i think that's part of the problem too i mean you know in a perfect world i'm sure this person that patrick was you know talking to would 
find a term that works best for them to put it in there but you know with a lot of these dating profiles they are very much set in a certain way to sort of indicate like hey you're female male that's it kind of deal so i think it is partially a systemic issue too i do think it's partially you know the system that they're working with and i think a way around that would be to maybe ask them hey how how you know would you like to be referred to what is the proper nomenclature and term for me to use asking in a situation like that where it's a very binary system and a binary situation asking for clarity can go a long way and i don't think anybody would be overly repulsed or turned away from the idea that you're asking for clarification, especially if you don't understand and know the terminology yourself. Right. It is more respectful to just ask, hey, what are your pronouns? What do you prefer that I call you by? Um, than to just assume and potentially misgender somebody and inadvertently, I'm sure, hurt them with that. Yeah, because I'm sure this, this you know, uh, individual on the profile you know, went with whatever they thought was the most relevant to them at that time, but it's probably not 100% the most relevant to them. And I'm thinking what happens is Patrick sees that and goes from that and kind of uses that as a launching off point. But again, it is kind of, it's not, it's, it's a binary term. It doesn't quite encompass everything as it is. And I think, yeah, in a situation like this, you really need to ask for clarity. You really need to sort of understand the wider spectrum and context for that situation and ask for clarity because you're not going to get that from a binary dating profile that's going to give this person maybe three options for their gender identity you need to dive in deeper and ask a little bit more and again i don't think there would be anything wrong with that but again to kind of get to like the larger issue here as a whole i mean yes this person said no patrick's um i think i mean the main thing here is that boundary was set you have to respect that we've said that so many times with so many other emails it's it's really kind of like, like this big thing where yeah if somebody says please don't contact me respect that don't contact them i mean they've set a boundary you got to respect that whether you disagree or whether you want to clarify things it doesn't matter boundary has been set you have to respect mm -hmm. that um but yeah going forward i think the learning experience here for you patrick should be to understand that gender identity is not a binary thing so maybe, maybe curtis can you break down for people a little bit just in case they don't know what you mean by binary because i don't know if everybody's familiar with that term yeah i mean binary is sort of i guess a simplification of something where you know for instance if i say that people are either men or women that's very binary because i mean yes some people may identify as a female but they may be a transgender uh you know some people kind of, or, you know, sexuality, like some people, you can say that people are either straight or gay, but there's like bisexuality, there's, you know, sapiosexuality. It's, there's different kind of terms that go beyond sort of the, the simple ones that are maybe presented mm -hmm. to us. And, you know, a, a lot of cases, we aren't always presented those options. I mean, there are some dating sites that do a great job of that. I know OkCupid is actually pretty great in that regard because it will generally give you all these different options for, you know, are you transgender? Are you bisexual, sapiosexual, whatever? There's lots of different options there, um, but not all of them are like mm -hmm. that, you know? And, you know, I think that's, again, not so much necessarily an issue of Patrick's, but more so that he's probably going off of the simple information that was provided. Right, because I'm thinking if, he, if he's looking on the profile for women and this person refers themselves as a woman, then I could see why he would refer to her as a woman. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just common sense. I, but yeah, I see where you're saying, well, if, if and I, I want to say like for his date, that's great that she brought up that she wants to transition uh, early on in the conversation. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I think it was last week or the week before, um, there was someone that found out at the point of intimacy. Uh, so, you know, I think we should yeah. also say that's great that, that someone brought it up at the beginning of dating. And also the other thing to, to keep in mind is that when somebody is transitioning, like this is not a case where, you know, you, you should feel the need. And this is where I do think this is Patrick's fault, where, you know, the issue here in my mind is not so much the gender identity and all this other stuff. The issue, the main issue here is that he, you know, and he says here, um, I want to uh, at the very least have one time before she becomes a dude. That's what I have the biggest issue with. Um, and I think what you need to understand, Patrick, is that when somebody's looking to transition, 
this is not something where you say, oh, I want to try to get them while they're in this certain state. That's not how you should be treating things. No, and that being yeah. said. And, I, and Patrick, you may find if, that this kind of feeling extends to other areas too. Um, this sounds like an yeah. attitude of, you know, this person has told me this, but yet, you know, I want to keep trying. And I think that's, that's yeah. a concern that what part of you says that it's okay to keep trying. Yeah. And the thing is, if somebody's looking to transition, they have thought about this long and hard and they are deciding that this is what they want to do with their life. You got to respect that. And, you know, you saying that you want to, you know, hook up with them before, you know, they become a, a, a dude, quote unquote, using your terms, not mine. I mean, you are essentially trying to kind of come in and, and in, in a way, I know maybe not intentionally, but you are kind of coming in and almost being an impediment to that progress where this person is wanting to progress and who knows, you know, the hard thing here is, I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to sleep with them and they want to sleep with you and you can both do that and be fine with it. But I think it's your motivations behind it that are a little bit kind of irking me a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, I think what you got to understand is this is a decision that that person's made and they've made it for probably a long time before you come along. And I think, you know, you got to understand that this is a, a decision that somebody has made and they're sticking to um, as something that they're confident in doing. And we've kind of come back to this, the whole confidence thing. I think this should just be called the confidence episode because this is all about confidence. But um, I think you got to understand and respect people's decisions in life and do a better job of maybe perhaps working to better understand where they're coming from in life and where they're ultimately going and if you're not committed to sticking with them after they make this decision and go through with it then you should be really thinking about whether you actually want to be talking to this person at all and again do some some introspection again and and figure out maybe patrick why a no was not taken as a no yeah This is probably one of the most complex emails because there's a lot to... Well, a lot of it's just common human complex. decency, too. I mean, I know when we were talking before yeah, the podcast, I'm like, well, this is pretty simple, is that, Patrick, you need to work on some stuff. Um, sounds like you got some issues yeah. going. And everybody's got issues, but, you know, I think if you want to move on and be a healthy person, it's a good idea to start kind of confronting those. Yeah. And I think it would also be a good idea to kind of read about the gender binary and read about people who are trans and learn a little bit about kind of how to treat people who are trans and of different sex and gender identities with respect. Um, there's a lot of literature available for you out there. Now, where, where would you, is there a book that you'd recommend for Patrick to read? Because I don't know if people are aware of what There's no one, there's no one specific book. Um, there's a really good um, sex and relationship advice columnist out there called whose name is Dan Savage. Um, he talks a lot about um, dating while queer, dating while trans, all different kinds of relationship issues and using the appropriate um, terms for people, using the most respectful language for people. Um, and recognizing that this is a difficult and sensitive topic. Um, Dan Savage can be uh, a little bit of a pundit talking head sometimes, a bit of a liberal pundit, but he is a pretty good resource for kind of learning about uh, sex and gender diversity. I think he's got a newsletter and different yeah. events and all sorts yeah. of ways that you can uh, connect with him. Pretty good podcast called Savage Love mm -hmm. and a uh, Savage Love cast and then a column called Savage Love. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of artic articles out there nowadays. Um, because, I mean, essentially what we all have to do is, you know, we all kind of grew up in an education system that perpetrated the, the gender identity as we probably have known it for many years. And, I, you know, I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, the idea that there are different genders and different uh, sexualities out there is something that's relatively new. And so it's all about educating. Right. People. And I think the so biggest I, step is I, to know that you don't understand something. And it's okay if you don't understand something, yeah. but that's where you start educating yourself. Exactly. You got to understand that you're at, I would say, a bit of a disadvantage. You, you aren't fully aware of how this, how all these different genders and sexualities, sort of, are placed on the spectrum. And I think you have to educate yourself. And yeah, there's tons of blogs, YouTube videos, podcasts that will sort of inform you about this. 
So, I mean, if you're willing to educate yourself, and I think you should, you know, it's good to get out there and kind of understand where, where everything all stands. And maybe even if you're still in contact with this person, maybe you owe her an apology. I mean, that's another thing, Patrick, to kind of make amends. Um, if, that's another thing to consider. Yeah. If you are still in contact, if you haven't been told, please leave me alone forever, because that's another thing. That you oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. If they say leave you alone, leave them alone. But I think it would be a good, I think it'd be a good step for Patrick to move in the right direction if he does have open contact to, um, to just say, you know, what I did was inappropriate and I really didn't understand and, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the last email of the week from Amy. Nerds, at what point do I tell someone my fiance passed away? I am well established in my career, own my own host, own my own house, sorry. Uh, and I'm in decent shape, five foot three, 120 pounds. And while I'm no Hollywood starlet, I'm conventionally attractive. I'm saying this because on a few dates I've been on, uh, three, everyone has commented this or followed up with, so why are you single? I assumed explaining that my fiance passed away. I took time away from dating and now I'm starting to get back into it, uh, that this was reasonable. I didn't elaborate unless they asked as it's obviously not my favorite topic. Amy, there is no reason why you would have to mention that to anyone. I, I find that when some people, people say like, why are you single? I think there's a notion if you are a successful female, especially that uh, I think sometimes people are intimidated by that and they wonder what they can offer you. And that's why they're asking. Um, my feeling is if they ask you, why are you mm -hmm. single? I think kind of a, a, a rude question like that probably deserves a rude answer. Um, there's no reason why you need to bring up your, uh, your fiance. And again, it's been three dates, so I wouldn't start thinking maybe that's a blanket statement that people are going to say, but unfortunately when women are successful and I'm sure this happened to men too, um, that, uh, people have said that, you know, why are you single? You could just say, well, I haven't met the right person yet. You don't need to go into, uh, that's a, that's personal information. Um, and you know, sometimes you may just feel kind of impertinent and just want to say, well, you know, my fiance died. That's why I'm dating. I mean, you know, I mean, it may just be, you just want to throw it on the table. I don't know. But, uh, to ask that, I would look at it more that they're probably insecure and that's why they're asking you that. Um, because that's just, is, is just a question that's just, is not a very nice question to ask people. And if, and if you are asking people that on a date, um, for everybody out there, uh, try to go with something different. Like, tell me a little bit about your life. Um, not why are you single? Because yeah. that implies that something's wrong with you. And that's why you're single. When in fact, people have made life choices or unfortunately, and I'm sorry for the death of your fiance, Amy, that sometimes the, this idea of being single has been kind of hoisted upon us, uh, through, uh, life circumstances. So again, you're under no obligation whatsoever. And this also has nothing to do with your, your shape. Uh, again, we, you know, we talked about height and weight and stuff. Uh, but again, there's no reason why you have to mention if your fiance died. Um, if you're just tired of people asking you again, if you answer, so why are you single? Well, my fiance died. Um, I think that's a pretty reasonable answer because again, people really shouldn't be asking you that, uh, if they're healthy people that are really wanting to know more about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think there's also kind of this. I don't know if the expectation is the right word that, you know, if somebody asks you a question that you're going to answer and I, there's always room for, I, I, it's, you know, telling somebody, Hey, I'm not quite ready to share that with you, or I'm just not quite, you know, it's kind of a complicated story. Maybe I'll tell you another time. It's totally fine to say to somebody, Hey, you know, I'm not quite ready to share that with you. And again, we kind of get into this, mindset of somebody asks you a question you have to answer it not always exactly I mean, if you don't feel like you're comfortable answering a question just tell the person hey this is kind of a, got a, a bit of a backstory you can even joke about it too i mean you don't have to get all serious about it you can just say oh believe me you don't want to hear this right now well we can talk about it another time people will understand and i mean if somebody doesn't pick up on those clues then yeah it's probably a good time to get up and walk away or maybe drill home the point a bit more but most people will understand if you tell them hey this is probably a bit too much for us to be talking about right now. Most people will understand. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. Just because someone asked you a question, you don't have to be quote unquote nice and answer back. Uh, the answer you can answer yeah, back with, Canadian. uh, yeah, that's just something I really don't want to talk about. And yeah, you know, like you said, if they are not happy with that, then you kind of dodged a bullet there because you don't want to be with someone that isn't accepting of the fact that you have some boundaries that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss too, so. Amy. That's I'm, 
that's really yeah. tough. It's tough to get. Um, it can be tough to get back in the dating scene after something like that. So, um, yeah, it, it sounds like the people who mm -hmm. are asking you this question are kind of going about information gathering in a really clumsy way, in a way that inadvertently really hurts you. Uh, I think it's wise for our listeners to to hear that and understand that the way that we ask questions and the things that we are asking people about, they can have consequences that we don't really intend. Um, so it's good to be sensitive about what people can have in their backgrounds. Um, people don't always have kind of a funny story behind why they're single right now. It can be something that's very tragic or that causes pain for them. So um, using a line like Stephanie suggested, like, tell me a little bit more about your life, your background. Um, tell me a little bit more like what you're hoping for from dating or something like that. Um, those are questions that can be more innocuous, that people have more room to answer in a way that feels comfortable for them so that they don't feel like they are pinned down to saying what happened to them, what happened that, you know, decided for them that they were going to become people in the dating scene. Um, yeah. Any, anything else? Good luck. Yeah, good luck. It is not easy sometimes, so good luck to everybody. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you, uh, both Kim and Steph, for joining me as always. And thank you again, listeners, for submitting your questions uh, as well as your issues. We're always happy to help. And as a friendly reminder, if you do want to email in, it's 3ingreennerdspodcast at gmail.com. Just let us know what your issue is, and we're happy to help. Uh, we do also have the column that Kim uh, does every so often that we have uh, up. So, you know, if you're maybe perhaps sitting there waiting for the next episode, there's other content out there for you to take in. So don't uh, hesitate to check that out and uh, take that in as, when you can. And uh, also don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the network, Three Angry Nerds. We've got uh, Tremble, the horror movie podcast. Maybe you and your date want to watch a horror movie and listen to a podcast about it afterwards. Who knows? That could be a great date. You never know. Uh, and yeah, with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.